Hey, my friends, this is Rachel Bacark, and this is the Soul CEO Podcast. We're here, episode one, I really can't believe it, after now two years later of hearing, hey, you gotta go audio, Gary Vaynerchuk, audio is the future, and hemming and hawing and contemplating, and a ton of life changes, it's done, we're here. And I thought episode one would be perfect to kind of start off by sharing my story, who is Rachel Picard, and the backstory and really mission behind Soul CEO, and really what I hope that you can expect as you're going to be binging through this podcast to uplevel your business in all respects, whether you're a network marketer looking to grow in rank, in business, in volume, financially, uh, or even just as a entrepreneur wanting to build up your mindset, your skill set, the leadership of the team that you manage, and really more importantly, diving into the soul and the purpose behind your business and behind what it is that you have been called to do. A little bit of background about me. I uh, live in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the time of this recording. I was born in the Midwest on a blistery Wednesday morning, January 2nd, 1985. (laughs) Haha, just kidding. We don't need to spend a lot of time there. But I grew up in a very kind of standard, average family. Uh, My parents divorced when I was about one years old, and that wasn't heartbreak for me. It's all that I knew. And in fact, I look back at my childhood and I say, I was doubly blessed. I had twice the households, twice the hugs, twice the kisses, twice the Christmas and birthdays and celebrations. Not to say that there wasn't traumas, right? We all have the different traumas and different experiences that we grew up with. My background and my childhood was not filled with a bunch of little puppy dogs and brown paper packages tied up in strings, which I'm sure that yours wasn't as well. I had abuse. I had betrayal. I had loss. I had illness. I almost died at the age of 15 years old from um, a condition called ulcerative colitis, which I believe really actually, um, like many things, cascaded a lot of my life decisions, including my career. Um, But I did grow up in a fairly standard middle class home. Uh, My business ventures, I say like the kind of path that I decided to choose into entrepreneurship really began probably when I was about eight or nine. I want you guys to picture this. I was sitting in the floor, the living room floor of my mom's house, And we had an old Encyclopedia Britannica collection. If you're old enough to remember before Google and Yahoo and MSN and the World Wide Web, we would get all of our information from the encyclopedia. And I remember being really young and sitting down on the floor, opening up the pages and looking at the different places around the world. I truly believe this is where my love for travel began. And I remember seeing things like the Roman Colosseum and the Mayan ruins and the turquoise waters of the Caribbean. And all I knew of, of travel or vacation or leisure was my parents' idea of a family vacation, which was once or twice a year, grabbing everyone together, all five of us kids, stepkids and all, and going up to a dilapidated cabin in the middle of Wisconsin on a little lake and, you know, fishing for, you know, walleye or perch or bluegill and going to the same mini golf place every single week, every single summer, going to the same pizza place every single week, every single summer. And we'd go for one week a year or two weeks if my parents were financially blessed that year. But we pretty much live feast to famine. I watched my mom Uh, do a little bit in entrepreneurship as a real estate agent was very successful, but then went back into corporate America. 
working a standard nine to five, which is really more like an eight to six. And I saw her over many years work more and more hours, get less and less benefits or pay or retirement, have more responsibility. And it was just a giant headache. And I knew I didn't want to go down that route. I mean, by the time I was in my teens, I knew that is not for me. And, and then I saw my dad, you know, my, my father, I love him, bless his soul, uh, still works and owns a very successful salon, a seven figure salon outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But I see him, I saw him basically working an expensive job kind of tied down to the brick and mortar business with a couple dozen employees. And his whole livelihood was basically attached to their emotions being in the salon industry, a lot of, you know, uh, 20 to 30 year old women. And I was like, I don't want to go that direction either. So here I was, you know, dreaming of living a life, experiencing all that this earth has for us, uh, being able to travel all over the world, even playing. I remember with my uh, brother's, older brother's matchbox cars that are little Lamborghinis, little Ferraris, and, you know, didn't compare to our little Woody van, right? And I just knew that I wanted more. But as time came on, and now you're getting a little bit older and you're a teenager, you're starting to think about college, you're like, what am I going to do when I grow up? And it's so funny. I think I think it's so hilarious that as teenagers, we have to decide. There's this pressure. Like, you got to decide what you're going to do, what you're going to major in, where you're going to go to school, what you're going to get your degree in, what's your career path? And you're like, you just learned to drive. Like, how how hilarious is that? And because of my medical background, or I should say my insane medical experience and nearly dying and having a couple of dozen surgeries by the time I was 19 years old, I knew that I had a lot of really bad nurses and I had a couple really good ones. And I sat down at one of like those guidance counselor sessions, you know, where you're choosing your career path. And I, they gave you a sheet, like a packet of, pay, of, of a listing of careers. And then dot, 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 the average annual income for those careers. Now, I'm not ashamed to say that I was very money motivated at the time, growing up pretty much just over broke, living paycheck to paycheck, watching my family go through feast and famine. I'm like, okay, I, want, I want prosperity. I want success. I want those options. I want those Caribbean blue waters. I want to travel on planes. I want a nice car. And I wanted security. Because even at that point, by the time I was 16, 17 years old, the programming that I had was from, again, very average parents, which very average thinking, love them, God bless them. They taught me everything about hard work and that the fact that even if you're not the best at something, you can work really hard and achieve it. But I didn't have like a good prosperity mindset. So I'm like, hey, where can I get a job, a career that I'll never have to worry about like recessions or, you know, job security? Ah, healthcare. <laughs> and I saw on that list, you know, the first one was doctor. And I just quickly added up the amount of schooling that was required to get a, an MD. And I'm like, er, nope, they're highly paid, but I really hate school. That's not it for me. Uh, then I saw attorney on the list. I think that was number two highest paid profession. And I was like, okay, I love to debate, but mm, again, too much school, not going to go down that route. And I didn't have any, even have any money for college. My parents didn't have money for college. I was going to take out loans. And then I saw nurse practitioner and I thought, ooh, if I was really focused, I could probably get that done in about five years and make a six-figure income. So lo and behold, that was how I chose my career path. I got accepted into a small tech school, began to go to schooling for nursing. And during that process, I was working full-time in retail, funny enough, in a vitamin store. 
and part-time got um, certified working in nutrition. So I would actually take people grocery shopping. I became really interested in like holistic medicine, um, you know, antithesis of the allopathic pro- uh, practices in our traditional healthcare, sick care system today, you know, using food as medicine, herbs, natural remedies. And I became pretty disingenuous. Is that, is that a word? Disenfranchised. I was like really let down by what I saw that nursing really was. And I have so much respect for nurses. Half of my family is nurses. But I thought, you know what? This is not for me. And uh, so I was working part-time on the side of my full-time retail job. Um, by the time I was 21, I was commuting two and a half hours a day, working in my retail job, working about 50 to 55 hours a week for a bipolar boss. And I was miserable. And I remember, you know, at the time, even as a manager, there was always too much month at the end of the money. And so this entrepreneurial drive, this drive for more and success and breaking free and getting out of debt and living a life with purpose was still there and it was getting louder and stronger like a clanging cymbal in the background. A friend of mine introduced me uh, when I was 21 years old to the concept of network marketing and direct sales. If you guys are not familiar with that industry, um, you may th- think of like Party Plan or Avon or you know Herbalife or Amway or things like that. And I knew about those industries, but I was never really like a makeup girl to like do Mary Kay. Um, and so I had a few people that had pitched me, but I was like, ah, not really the, the right fit for me. Finally, a friend dragged me down to the meeting. I sat in the back of the room, completely um, a hater. Oh man, I was a skeptic. Do you remember the first time you saw network marketing, like for real? And uh, But God really softened my heart that night. I sat in the back of the room, arms crossed, thinking every which way it couldn't work. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the influence. I was 21 years old. Who would listen to me? How would I find leads? And then I remember a couple of guys, probably two or three times my age, no, not hair on their head, got up on stage and they were making $30,000 a month. And at that time I was making about three grand a month. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, if I fail 90% of their income, if I only do one-tenth of what they do, if I only get one-tenth of it right, I will be making as much money as I'm doing in my full-time job, but I won't have to commute two and a half hours a day, I won't have to work for a bipolar boss, and I'll have time freedom and I can get a dog. <laughs> it's so funny, like, that was actually it. Like, that was like, I was newly married at the time of my first husband. I was like, you know, I want a dog what motivates, motivates. And so I ended up uh, getting started after that meeting. And I'd love to share that that was the breaking point. And I got started and I was a wild, wicked, amazing, raving success. Uh, nerp, not even a little bit. I was an epic failure. In fact, I was so bad. There was one moment I was sitting with like a coaching call or meeting with my upline, my sponsor in my first company. And he's like, you're really bad at this. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, um, don't sugarcoat it at all. Like, just don't even take in, uh, in consideration my feelings. But he was right. I was as smooth as a stucco bathtub. I wish you could have seen me in those first meetings, those first phone calls. And in fact, my first month in network marketing, I made a list of 81 names, 81 names at 21 years old. I was like, oh, wow, I know a lot of people. I called through all 81 names. Not one of them joined. The only person that ended up joining later was my mother. Thank you, Mamacita, to be like my token sign up. But nobody signed up. 
And so I started doing what an average 21-year-old network marketer would do in 2005, 6, 2006. I started cold calling. <laughs> and nobody told me that cold calling was scary. I was doing two to six presentations a day in that beginning. I remember immersing myself in personal growth as my sponsor shoved books and tapes and CDs and, and everything that they possibly could down my throat trying to help me be successful. My two and a half hour commute became two and a half hours a day of automobile university. And I remember hearing the first piece of personal development ever, which was building your network marketing business by Jim Rohn. If you guys have see, heard the audio, you know it is a classic. I think I've listened to it over 100 and 150 times. I can recite most of it. You know, don't sign up for that class. I wouldn't sign up for that class. And I began listening and growing and improving and, you know, taking feedback and studying and listening to people like Todd Falcone doing live dials and buying, you know, whatever tapes, uh, Jeffrey Combs and, and later Danny Johnson, like Zig Ziglar, all of it, like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I was so hungry because I was so bad and I wanted to make it work. I wanted out of my job. Well, fast forward the second month because of just the sheer numbers, man, and what I lacked in skill, I made up for in numbers. And the second month I enrolled over 12 people, uh, was able to replace part of my income enough to say, you know what, I'm done, quit my job. Not, I would not recommend it, by the way. I prematurely did it, but I had the support, uh, the financial backing to do so. And I became a full-time network marketer. And for the next four and a half years, I really kind of struggled. I made enough to pay some bills, but I really called it like my not-for-profit business. By 2009, I was really running out of leads. I, being an introvert, I was doing a lot of the offline methods of BNI, Latips, Chamber of Commerce, um, trade shows, obviously still cold calling. I was buying 100 plus leads a week at one point, um, dialing through wrong numbers and people that wanted stuff you know, envelope stuffing jobs, working from home, getting paid minimum wage. And I just like, there's got to be a better way. And a incredible mentor of mine named David Fry, shout out to David. He said to me, he goes, you need to get on video. This is December. I believe around December, 2009, right around that time. He's like, you got to get on video and like YouTube. And you guys remember 2009? What was on YouTube? Cats. Cats were on YouTube. That was it. That was the only thing on YouTube. And so I ended up taking a course. I learned the basics of video marketing, started a YouTube channel, kind of started then uh, diving deep into like the affiliate marketing, coaching, blogging realm. This is right when Facebook was coming up. And in 18 months, just bootstrapping it, I ended up building a list of over 10,000 people, a very responsive email list by the time I was 26 years old. And in 2011, I had the opportunity to switch companies and uh, decided to really go into my passion and really my purpose of health and wellness. Partnered with a company, the right company at the right time, the right people, the right mentor, the right product, the right message. And I'd had the right four and a half years of work and ethic and personal development and skill development and network development. And it was off to the races. It was, it was off to the races. First month, you know, made a six figure income by seven months in over 50 grand a month by my second year, over a million dollars a year. Again, FTC, not making claims. All results will vary. Just sharing with you guys, insane success, uh, only to watch it fall apart. So it was 16 months of double digit compounding growth 
And then three years of watching it all fall apart. It unraveled from the bottom up for many, many reasons. That's not the purpose of this call. But I will say that it was extremely disheartening by the time I was 30 years old to watch 90% of my business gone, 99% of my customers had left of 300,000 customers on my team down to 3,500, um, to watch the income go down by 90% and to have put in 80 to 100 hours a week for the previous four plus years. In fact, the culture of that company was if you're not working 80 hours a week, you are part-time. And I took that very seriously. And I was totally burnt out. I had made millions of dollars in network marketing, became a number one earner in that company, and we're a female earner in that company, only to watch it all fall apart. And by the time I hit 30, I was in complete and utter burnout. I was exhausted. I was um, emotionally just a wreck. I was at a loss of what to do. And I knew that I needed a, a new vehicle. But I prayed like I'd never prayed before. God, do you want me to stay in network marketing? God, is this the path that you have for me? And it became very clear after about a week or so. Like it was, it was obvious. And um, and I knew that it wasn't that company that was dishing out my paychecks. It was my God, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was signing my paychecks. And I trusted him. I said, you know what, Lord, lead me into the right way and the right path, and I will I will do it and I will honor you. At that point, I had pulled back seriously on my hours because I was so sick, so tired, massive adrenal fatigue, couldn't sleep, gaining weight, all the things. And I decided to join my forever home, my current company. And I decided to do it differently. I decided God first, then family, then business. I decided to take my hours from 80 plus hours a week down to 25 and I, in the last five plus years, I've not worked more than 25 solid, you know, I'm talking about like workable call hours, right? As an entrepreneur, you're never really off, but, you know, really like dedicated hours to the business, taking a lot of weekends off, a lot of uh, Sabbath, a lot of rest, a lot of fasting in the sense of like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do a call for the next 48, 72 hours. I'm going to relax. I'm going to meditate, um, taking social media breaks as well. And I decided to relaunch myself. And um, in that process, in the last several years, Soul CEO was born. And it was born of the fact that after making millions of dollars, going to the top, falling down, kind of falling from grace, and then rebuilding that income and business back up, I, I realized that there was a lot of network marketers and entrepreneurs that were in the exact same boat, that they were striving to build a profitable business, but they wanted to do it with purpose. They didn't want to lose their family. Maybe you're thinking the same, I don't want to lose my friends doing this business. I don't want to lose my soul doing this. Oh, by the way, if you're a believer of the one true and almighty God, Jesus Christ, you're going to be right at home here. <laughs> if you're not a believer or, you know, kind of wondering or curious, like how like spiritual principles can impact your success or your life or even your relationships, like don't turn this off. You're, you're in the right place. You're going to be binging this podcast. I, I promise you, because this stuff is not only eternal, but it, it, it definitely crosses all cultures and, and, um, age groups and businesses and product lines. Um, these things are super, super high level. And I'm really, I can't wait to share it. So for the last five years, rebuilt up to a, a monstrous seven-figure team and have been super, super blessed to do that 
on my own standards and most importantly on God's standards. And I wanted to create this podcast one after many, many, many requests, but I know that there are people that are out there that are desperately wanting to take their business to the next level. Maybe in 2021, 2020 was hard enough. It was, as they say, an unprecedented year. And we are having to shift as entrepreneurs. We're having to make shifts and adjustments and we're having to pivot. We're having, as my husband says, says to stay nimble. <laughs> um, and I will say, guys, like my life has not been easy uh, by any means. I've had like you, like we all have our story in those last five years of building this and building up Soul CEO and building up our amazing team we call Team Heart, um, I've experienced incredible loss. And maybe that's for another episode, but I'm talking like within a short period of time, my dad, stepdad was diagnosed with dementia. I was, uh, I lost my soul dog, the dog I'd had for almost 11 years. The first dog I bought when I became a professional network marketer, she died. Uh, realized I was infertile, uh, developed a life-threatening condition in inside of infertility treatments. My first marriage fell apart, went through a massive divorce. Um, oh, then I moved back home to the Midwest to be by family um, from beautiful, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona to the frigid Siberia of Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, only to have my second dog die, my two-year-old English bulldog die. I joke that I all I need is like a double wide to burn down and I'm a country song. That's how my life was for like two years. It was tragedy after tragedy after loss after loss. But at the same sense, I had this business. I had this tribe. I had systems. I had the community around me. And that's what I love about network marketing. In the same time that I was experiencing insane trials, my business was growing. And we had done a lot of the right things. Um, and had kind of dug our well before I was thirsty <laughs> so that when life hits and it does and it will, life will hit you in the face. And I was so grateful to have the solid business that we have here today. And I believe that there are people like there are small shifts you can make, shifts in your marketing, shifts in your mindset, shifts in the way that you are looking at things, that you look at yourself, that you look at God, that you look at the way that you approach your business every single day that can give you exponential returns. I believe that there are shifts in leadership. If you are a leader here in network marketing and you've stumbled across this podcast, I want to talk to you about really what it takes, about the equipping, about the environment you need to create, the example you need to set, the uh, expectations that need to be made to your teamies as you are mentoring them, the way to go and to develop those leaders. That's the things that we're going to be discussing. Uh, we'll be discussing you know, how to be able to set goals, how to manage time and your activities for the best income generating results. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the different marketing aspects. I've, I've built now a, a following on social media over, over 350,000 people. If you're one of them, hello, Soul CEO, I love you, glad you're here. We're going to talk about that. What are some of the ninja strategies that are working right now, this year, the up and coming platforms? Like, it doesn't make sense to get on TikTok or Clubhouse or any of these things that are kind of uh, the hot flavor of the month. What should you be doing every single day in your business as well as in your spiritual practices? We'll be talking about um, other different skill sets that you might need or different technologies, tactics, tools, tips 
that I believe will take your business to the next level. So guys, this is the beginning. This is episode one. This is my story. Started from the bottom, now we're here, (laughs) right? We're gonna be building up your mindset, your skill set, and your leadership. And we're gonna teach you how to profit with purpose. This is Soul CEO. Let's go.